0: What's up, Denver event pros? It's Jared Judge, your friendly neighborhood electric violinist, back with another exciting and tasty episode of the Denver Nace podcast. I am joined by a special guest here who is going to talk all about food and her journey with food and Denver and Colorado Springs and New York. So I am so excited to be joined today by Sarah Chianese. Welcome, Sarah. How are you?
1: Oh, I am... Even better now because you pronounce my name so beautifully. So thank you so much, Jared. Uh, yes, I am Sarah Kianese with Manja and Enjoy is the name of our company. And I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Awesome. I'm thrilled to have you. You mentioned that Manja and Enjoy, you said it was boutique and unique catering. And I'm my mouth is already watering. <laughs> so why don't we just cut to the chase? Tell me what do you do and uh, tell me about Manja and Enjoy.
1: Okay. Well, Mange and Enjoy uh, is a company that started in New York, actually, in the Hudson Valley, New York. And then we moved out to Colorado Springs a little over three years ago. Uh, But we still travel back and forth, which we're used to doing. We travel all around the country, out of the country, so it's not a stretch for us. But it is a company that focuses heavily on local farmers. So organic local farmers, uh, really beautiful, sustainable food presented in an extremely artistic and loving way. So food to me is love. And that is what we put on a plate and into hearts and bellies of many. Oh,
0: that's amazing. Um, and you are the chef of Manjin and Joy, is that right?
1: Indeed, I'm the executive chef. We have a beautiful uh, chef team. People have been with us for nine or 10 years at this point and some newcomers as well. But it's been a, a really beautiful journey with incredible, incredible people in our team that make true magic happen
0: that's fantastic can you give me a sense of the kind of events that you would cater
1: certainly well there's good old weddings right and weddings of any size so we do everything from a micro micro wedding where it's literally like a private dinner all the way up to 400 people Uh, my comfort zone where i really really love uh, the the pocket of around 150 i feel is is still intimate enough where you could see each other. And so we love that size, but we'll do any size because obviously it's their wedding and they want to invite whoever, whomever they would like to have. Uh, but we are luxury. So those who are planning for a 400 person wedding, uh, you know, it's, it's, you could buy a house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and in addition to weddings, what other kind of events do you do? We,
1: we really do any event that requires food. Uh, what we do, wouldn't be called for is probably like a baseball game where there's hot dogs and hamburgers. But uh, there's nothing like going to one of those, of course. But I do not tend to cater those kind of events. We do reunions. We do corporate retreats or wellness retreats. We do anniversary parties. Uh, We love anniversary parties. My favorite are 50th wedding anniversary parties because you see the four generations that resulted from a wedding 50 years ago. And that just warms my heart to no end. Bachelorette dinners and bachelor dinners. That's our private chef sector. A lot, a lot, a lot of those throughout the year.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And it is amazing to see how food plays such a pivotal role in connecting generations and bringing people together. I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that one of your big company philosophies is farm to table. How did that philosophy come to be and how does that manifest itself in your catered
1: events? Great question. I love that question. Well, everything used to be farm to table, right? I I want people to just let that sink in for a second because it's not a unique thing. Uh, Farm to table was the original way. Okay, so in Italy, grandma's growing fava beans in the backyard. In the front of her house, she's peeling them in in the day, and by nighttime, it's on the dinner table. So, to me, farm to table is something that just seems to stem back from our ancestors and that warmth and that love that comes from the very direct sourcing. So that's why farm to table means so much to me. It just is, there's nobody in the middle. It's coming straight from the farm. It's going to your table. There's nothing processed. We definitely don't do processed food. Uh, And and I'm not, I don't mean to put down anyone who does because there there are many caterers who do and bless their their hearts for what they do. We just do things uh, our way. And it is a matter of respecting the farmers. Uh, New York has an incredible, incredible bounty of local farms that we are so, so fortunate to have in the Hudson Valley of New York, right above the city. It is amazing. Everything grows there throughout the year. And, you know, not not in the wintertime, many things aren't growing, but throughout the year, you have everything at your fingertips. So we have so much fun with the color and the bounty. Colorado Springs I didn't expect when we moved out there, I, I had never been to Colorado and I'm thinking, oh, Colorado, like that's healthy. Everybody's out there biking and jogging and running and I didn't realize it's high desert. So the, the farming there is a little bit of a different ball game than what we've been spoiled with in New York, but it is still available. And I love uh, many of the sources that we've been reaching out to in Colorado and, and, and gaining a relationship with. So we're very excited about seeing what happens there.
2: Yeah, that's wonderful.
0: That make, made me curious, reminded me of a question I had earlier, which is you mentioned that you not only cater in New York and in Colorado, you would travel anywhere, anywhere that there's food you would be able to cater. Is that right?
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's it's a goal of ours is to be able to pretty much travel almost everywhere. I'm interested in traveling to and cooking regionally. There are some If it's tan and bland, uh, if that's their food profile, I don't really want to visit any countries that deal with that. But if there's any flavor, if there's any spice, if there's garlic growing or anything in the Allium family, if there is an exotic, well, we would call it exotic because we're here. But if we go somewhere and we see something that we've never cooked with before, I want to get my hands on it. So we Mm. believe a lot in that little mini chef sabbatical, go out, go travel, see what they cook, create it based on their local farms, regionally, wherever we go.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And that kind of answers the secondary question I had, which is how do you do that? Say that someone asks you to cater a wedding in Washington state, where you've, you've never necessarily traveled or cooked before. What does that look like for you to source your material and get it on
1: the plates? Well, thankfully we are in the digital age, right? So without an internet, what would I do about that? I would probably cry. And probably not (laughs) travel that much and probably not cook in many, many places. But nowadays we research, we find the local farms. We speak to vendors in our, in our community because we're already dealing with uh, so many vendors throughout the country. When we go to conferences and through NACE and we're, and we're meeting everybody, that's such a great source to be able to reach out to a NACE member in Washington and say, Hey, what are the local farms near you? What's their reputation? Have you eaten any of their goods? What's going on with them? Are they they reputable? Are they good people? Because we do care about the farmers that are good people. We actually like to make sure we know what farm we're working with.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And that also probably dictates what's available on the menu because regionally crops are different. Seasonally, crops are different. How do you go about curating a menu for an event?
1: Well, because every one of our menus are customized, that makes it a lot easier on us. So we can let people know who are inquiring with us. This is going to be a seasonal availability menu. And they're usually into that. If they've found us, if they've gone to whether our website or, or Instagram and they see that we already do this, they're already interested in that factor of ours. You know, So they'll appreciate the fact that we're going to tell them, I'm sorry, asparagus is not growing locally because that's an early time of the year, even though I always would guess that it would be a hearty vegetable, but it doesn't grow in the fall locally. Can you get asparagus in the fall in New York? Sure you can, but it's growing at, in the spring. Mm-hmm. So if they really want asparagus on the menu, we tell them, don't worry, we'll get an organic asparagus. It's just going to be from elsewhere. I mean, we cook with lemons and pineapples and mangoes and they don't grow up here. So we're not a hundred percent local farms. It's impossible for us to be uh cooking the way we like to, because we like to use those ingredients that don't grow here as well.
0: Sure. That's awesome. You mentioned that people find you through Instagram. What are the ways that you typically market yourself?
1: Mostly word of mouth. So we'll have a lot of repeat clients. We'll have people who have attended one of the events that we've cooked at. And people will say who on earth made the food and they find us. So that's, that's one healthy, uh, way of, of receiving people who inquire with us, definitely Instagram and our website. And believe it or not, I'm finding out that good old Google has been a very dear friend of ours. So uh, they just Google event catering, Hudson Valley, Colorado Springs, private chef services, bachelorette dinner or something. They'll just put in all these different keywords and they'll find us, which is fabulous.
0: Yeah. I love SEO. I've I've just recently dived into the whole world of search engine optimization myself for my business. And boy, you could get a college degree on that subject.
1: You can and it's changing. So get ready to have another master's degree in it.
0: For sure. So is that one of the hats you wear for your company? Is the marketer of it?
1: I guess you could say that. I wear quite a few hats. Uh, I would love to reconsider a hat not being (laughs) 17 feet tall. Uh, My son warns me all the time to cut my hats down and, and pass it on and delegate it out to others. And I'm, I'm listening, I'm abiding uh, bit by bit, but the, yes, it's simple as our marketing is off of our iPhone. When we're at an event, if we have time to, or remember to take a picture, that's what goes on Instagram or our website. There's no staged photography, there's no professional shots, maybe one or two um, throughout the years of uh, one of the professional photographers were like, oh my gosh, I got a picture of your food. Do you want to post it? And I'm like, sure. But essentially it is an iPhone in me.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. You're, you're getting so much done just with one little six inch box in your pocket.
1: Yeah, I think I have one of those mambo jumbo six and a half inches that might help a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, but I imagine you didn't get into being a private chef because you wanted to be a marketer for it. How did you get into this whole culinary arts world?
1: Oh, I love that question. You know, it started as a tiny, tiny wee one. You've heard many people say, oh, I was born with a you know, a silver spoon in my mouth. I, I was born with a spatula in my mouth. For real, by <laughs> a pan. And on the step stool. I used to cook for my older brothers and sisters, home fries were the first thing I ever made. I would cut very patiently, cut a potato and very patiently fry them in a pan for my older brothers and sisters. And by the time I was finished putting them all on the paper towel, there'd be like one left because they'd walk by and keep swiping them. And then I'd be like, at the end of an hour of, of three-year-old Sarah cooking at the stove, I would get a potato out of it. I was happy. That was good. good for me. Uh, So, yes, I started there. I would say growing up in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York, is where I grew up. And as a result of being in such an ethnic neighborhood with a thousand different smells around me at all times, I think that was the largest impetus for me falling in love with food, the smells. Uh, We kind of make a joke in in our company about it's all in the schnoz. Like it's, it's my nose tells everything because there's many things I don't eat. But I cook them. So I don't eat meat or chicken, for example. And but I can cook them. Apparently, people say I make the best chicken they've ever had in their life, the best pork, the best beef, all of these things that I've never even tasted. But it's because I can smell them. And that comes from growing up in my neighborhood where one corner they're cooking shish kebabs and then you walk down the street and there's an Italian you know, pizzeria, pumping out all those yummy smells. And then there's an Indian restaurant and then there's a Jamaican beef patty joint. And it, it's just, the list goes on and on. And I grew up smelling my way through a culinary experience that got me super interested. And yeah. then there was, there was, somebody else. Sorry, Jared, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but okay. there there's somebody else who had a great influence on me. Her name was Jan Wagner, loved her. Uh, in my early twenties, I would cook with, cook with her in Woodstock, New York. And she was the caterer. And I would wor- I worked under her. And then she moved she was moving to Hawaii and she said and she was great. She was from Tennessee. She was awesome. She'd be like, come on, Sarah, these guys are hungrier than cows on concrete. And I'm like this Brooklyn girl who's like, All right, let's go. You know? <laughs> so but anyway, she was moving to Hawaii and she said, You want to take this over? But this was in the eighties and there was no internet action. And there wasn't an easy way to order catering supplies and have it delivered to your door by Amazon. And I was a little intimidated by that. So I went into what I, what I also wanted to do was to be a producer. So I had a, a theater company and I was a producer for 20 years and I came back to catering. That was my first love as a child. I loved it when I worked with Jan. And then I came back to it and left my production company and said, this is the production that makes everybody happy all the time.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And I imagine just like everyone in the events industry, it was a complete walk in the park. So easy, no challenges whatsoever,
1: right? <laughs> Absolutely. It still is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a breeze. Come on in. Let's do this, everybody. Uh, nothing's easy, nor should it be. You know, what's the point of that? And give it, give yourself a challenge, you know, beach, receive the challenge with gusto. You know, my, my mm-hmm. band teacher used to say to me, do it with chutzpah or don't do it at all. And he was this little Italian guy, but he spoke with Yiddish Yiddish phrases because of where he, he was teaching. And he, uh, and he meant that and drilled that into us. And, and I agree with him. It's like, of course, why go the easy route? If it's something you love, do it. If it's something you're passionate about, do it. Absolutely. Is it going to be easy? No. Why should it be?
0: Yeah, I love that. Because there are so many people in life who give up what they say they were passionate about because it got hard, mm. but but truth be told, if it was truly their passion and they wanted to go all in on it, they would overcome those challenges.
1: Yes, not, and, and we're easy. here. We're here to help them do that. Be inspirational to anybody coming up in the game. Every one of our, our seasoned vendors in our industry must take under their wings somebody who needs some advice, somebody who needs some help. Love them up with, with some tips to save them what took us 10 years to learn. If you could right. tell them tomorrow and save them a decade of of the the tribulations, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's beautifully said. That's a great transition into asking, how did you get involved in our NACE chapter?
1: Oh, I love, okay, I, I just got to say, I, I love NACE. I love the fact that what it stands for how they get our community together, and the point of it is to be able to collaborate and and meet. The word network, I believe, is overused. It is technically networking, but but it, that feels so kind of cold. It really is gaining friendships, relationships with people, people that you're going to call on a, a call upon, and it may not be this year. It may be three years from now, but you met them at a conference three years ago, and you and you remember them because they had such an impact on you. So. NACE, I believe it was Megan Eli, who originally told me to join NACE, and that was that was a while ago. And I and I did finally do so. I, I love it. We were actually awarded, uh, not awarded. I'm so sorry. We were not awarded. We were a finalist for an award, the best catered event of the year uh, this year, which was really fun through oh, NACE. Nice. Uh, and I, I'm I'm super grateful to be a part of it. There's a wealth of information, a wealth of people, a wealth of camaraderie and and collaborative efforts at all times. And not only that, NACES, they just set trends, period. Go to one of their conferences, see what's about to happen because it's there.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So it sounds to me like you get you get a lot of collaboration and just being a part of this great network of people all in the same boat together. And all of the the educational opportunities afforded to you. Is that right?
1: It's incredibly important to me. I don't think you can ever stop learning. And that's something both of my parents have taught me throughout life. You never stop learning. Ever, ever, ever. And the fact that uh, the NACE mission, the premier resource and community for catering and event professionals, sure. But their vision is to be the catalyst for exceptionalism and evolution for catering and event professionals. Listen to those words exceptionalism and evolution how do you do that you do that through education you know and we and there's so many different ways of doing it there's webinars there's conferences there's there's all the chapter events we have such a fun fun chapter in denver oh my goodness mm-hmm. gracious and we have the cutest mascot in the whole entire world little frank the moose
0: uh oh i don't think i've met frank i think i'm so new to our chapter i haven't met frank yet
1: jared you gotta meet frank he is in many many pictures uh, just you could follow him He's, he's a wonderful wonderful mascot, but but that's what I mean. It's fun. It is it's really really a fun fun group in in Denver. Uh, we had a wonderful time when we all went down to Dallas last month for the for the Experience Conference, and that was really great. But they also just have fantastic events in Denver.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, curious, what were some of your favorite local events that NACE has hosted so far?
2: I love every. Nace event I've been to uh, Nace Denver happens to be the warmest community I can even imagine the Rio de Nace that was in July of two thousand twenty three was my first actual Nace Denver event and it blew me away a from the moment I walked in the door how incredibly warm and welcoming and inviting and just loving everybody was they were like yeah you know a new member fantastic come on in and just embraced me with this love and uh, just a joyful spirit. now, if you can say that about any organization, join that organization, but I cannot say that enough. Nace Denver specifically is the most warm, warming, welcoming, inviting fun, always about the fun gotta say the funnest. Um, so the Rio de Na was my first experience with the Nace Denver event, and that was so fun It was the legends awards. um it's where they and, get, and that was wonderful for me because I got a chance to really see everybody and what they did. So I love, love, love that event. Gorgeous space that they decked out. They went uh, balls to the walls, if you don't mind me saying that, and and just decked out the whole place with so much color and vibrancy and all these little station activities to do and great food. Uh, it was it was just really really wonderful. So that was one of my favorite. Uh, not only NACE events, but events, period, of of all the different organizations that I belong to. Naughty um, or NACE was what we had in December, which was absolutely incredible. It was a, a speakeasy. Everybody was in flapper gear. Uh, and... These it was, gosh, I'm, I'm stumbling on my words because I'm so overwhelmed with how fun that was. It was great. The music was awesome. We were all dancing on this really cool dance floor, again decked out. All these different stations, amazing desserts by the maker. The maker is the best, and the food was awesome. Like we had the fence I believe was the one who put that together for the main part. But that was that was super, super. Again, everybody warm, everybody, fun. everybody was on the dance floor. It was it was a really fun thing, and then. I would say another really, on the educational side, uh, for December, uh, we just had Dawn Abbott in with a fantastic presentation of your what to-do list. And it wasn't your average presentation. It was super interactive, which is something I'm very much into. Loved her message. It was actually, it kind of shocked me because I wasn't expecting to hear what I heard. It was moving and incredibly insightful and very inspirational and also very, actionable. Uh, So that was super. And it also got people working in little groups together, which I love because it means that you're, again, communing. And that's what I think Nace Denver is embraces. It's getting together. It's getting to know one another on a deeper level too, not just, oh, hi, here's my business card. That's not networking to me. The networking comes from building like a family and a community and a referral base that you can say, I know this great so-and-so, so another professional in the industry, and we share the information. And whenever I see a NACE Denver participant, wherever I am, uh, my heart just goes, whoo, like it just blossoms with this form. So that's what NACE Denver to me is all about, and I cannot say how proud I am to be a member of it.
0: Yeah, they definitely do it up. That's awesome. Very cool. So uh, we're getting close to the end of our episode here. I'm curious if you had one piece of advice to give to somebody newer in our industry, trying to get their feet wet, what piece of advice would you give them?
1: Ask questions. Don't be shy. Attend the webinars, attend conferences, join local chapters, get on the phone. You know, get on the phone and call somebody and say, hi, I'm new. Please help me in any way that you're willing to. And they will. And if they don't, don't put them on your list of, of, of friendly vendors. <laughs> but, but I'm pretty sure 99% of the people will say, sure. What do you need to know? What, what stage are you at? So I think that would be the, the biggest piece of advice is to get educated and don't be shy. If you are naturally shy, which I'm very not shy and I have zero fear of humiliation, I'll walk up to anybody and ask them a question. Uh, try to try to just muster up the ability to say, I'm going to walk up to that person, introduce myself and ask them a question, exchange a card. Don't throw away the card, do something with it when you get it. Uh, and if you join NACE, there's, there's a directory right there that you can reach out to people. You can ask a question on the NACE format. You ask any question and you're going to get replies. People are going to have the answer for you.
0: Yeah. That's an amazing piece of advice. And I, I- I think not a lot of people are willing to just go up and ask somebody for something. But like you said, this Nays community is so supportive that everybody is willing to help. And the ones who aren't, which they are rare, like you said, there, there's plenty of them who are out there willing to help that you can just go and ask them. Yeah. So so this was awesome. Um, I'm curious if somebody was interested in learning more about your services or connecting with you, where should we send them?
1: Well, you can come on over to manjaandenjoy.com. Now, I'm going to spell that if that's okay with you, Jared, just because everything related to my names are confusing for people. But it is M A N G I A, the word and enjoy.com. And manja means, what does it mean in Italian, Jared? It means eat. Exactly. Manja and enjoy. And that's, it was actually named that because a writer, who had been to many of my dinner parties, finally said, why don't you just name your company Manja and Enjoy? You say it every time you feed somebody. And she was right. So manjaandenjoy.com is our website. There's a lot of information on there. There are forms on there if you just want to ask a question, if you're inquiring because you'd like our services. But there's also a form on there for wedding pros or pros, industry pros, I should say, because it's not just weddings. If you have a question for me, you just, you can go ahead and send me a question there. And then in Instagram, manja and enjoy, we kind of keep it consistent.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your contributions to our chapter and your delicious food, which I hope to enjoy at some point. Um, This was a really insightful episode. I appreciate you taking the time to dive into what that looks like of putting these beautiful catered events together.
1: Oh, my pleasure. I can't wait to feed you someday, Jared. Oh, I'm
0: excited. It's going to come to you soon. Excellent. And to our listener, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Denver Nace podcast. I hope you got some inspiration. And please feel free to reach out to Sarah, myself, or anyone in our Denver Nace chapter. We are all eager to help you and uh, just become friends. So if you're interested in learning more about our chapter or upcoming events, go to NACEDenver.com. That's N-A-C-E, stands for National Association for Kidding and Events. NACEDenver.com. And we hope to see you at one of our next events. All right, thanks for tuning in. Go crush your next event and hopefully see you at our next NACE meeting. Bye everybody.